Um, last week, I started a brand new service, uh, a brand new series called Ingredients. And what I did for Ingredients is I brought one of my favorite desserts up that Shannon makes, monkey bread. And we talked about that for a minute. And the ingredients for monkey bread is pretty simple. It's biscuits, brown sugar, cinnamon, butter, sugar, just five ingredients. But you need all five, we talked about. We need, you need all five in order to make this work. You try to bake it without the cinnamon, without the sugar, without the biscuits, it's, it's not going to be anything, and it's not going to be as good. So what I'm doing is I'm using this to illustrate what we do here at the Ridge. Okay, and at this church, we have five main ingredients that we focus on. Okay, there's five purposes. There's five principles that make this church a great place to be. And it's just like baking. Like, you could try to do church with just one or two or even four, but it's not going to be as great as it could be. You need to mix in all five of these in order to have an amazing church. And as we get closer and closer to the new worship space that we're moving into, I thought it'd be a great idea to share these five ingredients with you to make sure that we're working through these uh, because each one of these is important. We need to remember that this is what we're all about when we move into the new location. And these five goals, these five ingredients, this isn't anything I just made up. Okay, this comes out of Scripture. Okay, uh, a combination of the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And if you want to know, I'm not, I'm not going to read through those pieces because we've got a lot to get into this morning. But if you want to go back, it's found in Matthew 22, Matthew 28. You can do some personal study in your own time with the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. They're great summary statements on how to follow God, like what it means to live for Him and what it means for our church to live for Him, what we should be about. So, based on these two very important pieces of Scripture, here's the five values. One is you can't do life alone. We get this from the part where Jesus has baptized them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then we, uh, uh, number two is found people, find people. Okay, uh, we, we talk, uh, This is part uh, where Jesus says, go and make disciples. We're going to talk about that this morning. And then number three, save people, serve people. This is where we get love your neighbor as yourself when Jesus talks about that. Then Jesus also says, teach these people when you invite people in, when you get them into your church. Teach them to obey my commands. So we put that as growing people change. We want to have God's word dwell in us and change us from the inside out. And then Jesus also says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. So we're going to put that as worship as a lifestyle. What does it mean to live as though we are loving God each and every day? Not just on Sunday mornings, but every day during the week. So... This right here, this promise is success, okay, in your life and in the life of church for expanding the kingdom of God, okay? The plan is, what I want to do is we've got two, we've got three more after this Sunday, but I'm going to walk through each one of these as we get ourselves prepared for the new space. Last week, we started with You Can't Do Life Alone, and we talked about how God wants you in his family, right? About how he wants you you to choose to be with him and the way that you choose to be with him is to invite him into your heart and when you do it puts you into that eternal family with God to be in his presence forevermore but while you're here on this earth he doesn't want you to be alone he wants you to be a part of a church family and, and that's where we get baptizing when we when we baptize somebody in the face fa- in the face <laughs> that'd be cool baptize you in the face that'd be cool I need to slow down. Can y'all tell I'm excited? I'm excited. Yeah. I've been about on my fifth cup, a cup of coffee as well. So <laughs> that could, that might have something to do with it. But when we baptize people in the face, wherever, 
what it is, it's a way for them to proclaim that I'm with him and I'm with them. Right? It's a testimony of what you believe and who you're with. And the reason this is important is because you and I were all made the same. We were made with this desire to be with... We weren't made to be alone. You weren't made to go through life alone. You need to be a part of a church family. We hope that you find that place right here at the Ridge. And then today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on this one. Found people, find people. And we get this portion, like I said, from the Great Commission... ...where Jesus tells his disciples right before he sends them to heaven... ...he tells them to go and make disciples. In other words, get out there... Go out there and tell people about Jesus. Like, win people to Christ. How many of you remember singing Amazing Grace in church? I remember Amazing Grace? Yeah, I bet, I bet all of you do. I bet y'all could actually fill in this blank for me if I said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was, but now I'm, I once was lost, but now I'm found. What, is that, what, what does that mean, lost but found? When we're talking about found people, find people, let's break that down theologically speaking. What this means is that everybody is born into sin. Okay, we're all sinful. Like David said in Psalms, we're all born, this is original sin that we are born into, which makes us lost. We know what it's like to be lost from God. Maybe not... All of our life, or maybe just a portion of our life, or maybe in this area of our life. We, we know where it is in our life that we want to follow God, and yet we stray from following Him when we don't do. And then we know what it's like to wander away from God. But Jesus is always near. He's always close. He's always looking for us to return to him. And his desire is that we come back to him, right? His desire is that we choose him. He gave us free will in order to make this a choice so that it could be like a real relationship. God the Father is always there looking for us to come back home like we talked about a couple of weeks ago when it came to the prodigal son. So when we accept him, right, when we invite him into our heart and into our life, in a sense, we're found. And Jesus kind of illustrates this idea of being lost and found in Matthew 18. I used this verse a few weeks ago, but let me give it to you again. Jesus says this, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others on the hills and go out and search for the one that is lost? That lost sheep, that's all of us, right? That's everyone. And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than... More than over the 99 that didn't wander away. So here's the point. When we find Jesus, or when Jesus finds us, it's so powerful, it's so transformational, right, that we should want that for other people, right? We, we, we should want that for others to, in a sense, be found from their lostness. We should want to be in the witness business. Helping people understand what it means to be in a relationship with God. That God is real, that God loves you, that he has a purpose for you, that he wants to be with you. We should want people to understand the good news of the gospel. That we're all lost at some point, but now I'm found. So let me tell you about that. The witness business is important. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about that this morning. I want to share a few examples with you from Scripture. Um, 
And as we talk through this, I, I think that from these examples, we'll see that these people in Scripture had a real and genuine relationship with Jesus, and they were excited to tell other people about who he was. And I think we can learn from their example of how to be a good witness. So being a good witness, let's talk about that. And if you got your message notes, we're going to go ahead and fill in some blanks. Everybody online, um, want to invite you to open up the, the Ridge app, too. Uh, message notes will be on there. Being a good witness means, number one, good hands. Good hands. I remember hearing a quote a little while back um, that's been attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. You might have seen this floating around on Instagram a few times. But it goes like this. He says, he says these words. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. I like that. How many of you ever heard that? Let me see. Raise your hands if you've heard that. Okay. What this is saying, what he's trying to communicate here, is that people ought to be able to look at my life, look at me, and see that I'm a follower of Christ, right? That, that, that the way I act should speak volumes of my faith. Like, you should know God is real by how I live, by the actions that I produce, right? I shouldn't have to tell you that I'm a believer. Like, you should look at me and you should know it, right? You see, I believe that being a good witness is having good hands. It's, it's having a good action in life. There's no doubt about it. We need to have good deeds in order for other people to pay attention. If we don't have good deeds, if we're not acting out our faith, it's hard to share with other people. Right? Why? Because they're not going to listen to us. They're not going to pay attention to us. Now, let me be clear about this. Good deeds don't earn you salvation. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? But what we believe is that our good deeds, what James says in his book in the New Testament, is that, that those good deeds that we do, that we produce, it, it shows our salvation, right? It shows who we belong to. It shows that I belong with him and I belong with them. Let me share this story with you. A guy named Philip, he went into an area of Samaria. If you know those Bible stories, you know that most Jews didn't go into Samaria and those types of things. He went in there to be a witness and to tell people about Jesus. Now, of course, the background of the story is probably not the best place for him to be. It's a little unusual for him to preach in this area, but he goes anyway. And in Acts chapter 8, we find this verse. It says this. When the crowds heard Philip and they saw the signs that he performed... They all paid close attention to what he had to say. I love that. What I, what I want to do is I want to enforce here that they paid attention to Philip. They were willing to pay attention. Why? Why were they? Because they saw. They saw the signs. And that signs could mean different things, right? But they saw his life. They saw how he was acting. And they were willing to give him a shot. Which tells me that we need good actions, right? We do. We got to have good hands, so to speak. If we want people to listen to what we have to say. But also, I want you to see that they heard Philip because of what he was saying too. Just because you have good actions, it doesn't mean that you don't have to speak. That you don't have to actually tell people either. Don't leave out the fact that he still spoke to the crowd. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of people... That they have a hard time talking about their faith because they feel like, well, I'm not a preacher, right? Like, I'm not Jimmy. Like, I don't know how to. This is what we pay Jimmy to do, right? Like, I'll just let him do it. No, no, no. According to Scripture, we're all ministers. We're all ministers. We're all called to share 
So yeah, we got to have good actions. That's, that's true. We also have to, and that leads me to point number two. We also have to have good words. Number two is good words. I like how Ed Stetzer, he put that St. Francis quote this way. He says, preach the gospel and when necessary use words. It's a lot like saying feed the hungry and when necessary use food. I like that. It's necessary for us to be able to proclaim what we believe about Jesus. We have to. And the reason I bring that up is because, listen, people aren't going to just guess their way into the kingdom of God. They're not. Peter, the, the apostle, the disciple of Jesus, he knew how important it was to be a witness. And so he puts it this way. He says this. He says, if someone asks, okay, if someone asks, and the reason, again, the reason that we're, they're asking is going back to point number one, because of your good deeds, like your good hands, your good actions. If they ask why you believe, because they want to know, because they see your life at work. They see that your family's different. They see how you handle business different, right? They see your kids are different. Like, there's something different. We were talking about this in our men's study. Like, the rest of the world seems to have this hopelessness. But we have hope. I don't know how you get through this world without the hope that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? When people see that, they'll take notice of it and how you live your life. So when they ask about that hope, right, you, you have to be ready to explain it. You have to. You got to be ready. What does it mean for you to be ready to explain it? Again, actions are important. Words are just as important. So let's go to Paul, back to Paul. This guy that saw Jesus, gave his life to him, immediately went out and started sharing about Jesus. He puts it this way. He says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I love it. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody, okay? That means all of your family members, all your friends. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what your past is. Everybody that calls out to Jesus, this is good news, Right? It's powerful news. But then look at what Paul says last. He says, and or but, but how can they hear about them unless somebody tells them? We can't just hope that they guess their way into the kingdom. We got to be ready. It's, it's, it's part of who we are. You got to be willing to talk about your faith. You got to be willing to have those conversations. Do you know, I think... I think the biggest problem people have about having conversations with faith or with other people is that we feel like we just don't know enough. Like, I didn't go to seminary like Jimmy did. You know, I didn't do this. Or I'm going to tell you, I, don't, I haven't read all of the Bible. Like, how do I, like, what if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer to it? What am I, I don't want to look like a dummy. Like, what am I supposed to do? So here's the deal. If that ever happens to you and you're talking about your faith and they ask you a question, I want to free you up. I want to teach you something that you can say, okay? This works every time, okay? And I want you, I want you to say this with me, okay? Um, but here's what we're going to say together, okay? This will help. I don't know. Are you ready? On the count of three, say it with me. One, two, three. I don't know. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay not to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. If you have kids, you already know how to say this phrase, right? Because they have questions. Man, do they have questions. Why did God make mosquitoes? I, I don't know. That's a good question. What is their point? I don't know, right? Can God create a rock that he can't lift? I, I don't know. Good, good question. Good question. We'll find out one day, right? On a serious note, on a serious note, we can't explain why bad things happen. 
And I can't explain why bad things happen to good people. I don't have an answer for the evil that we're seeing every day in the world around us. But what I do know is that God is with me, that he's with you, that he's with them. I can't begin to explain uh, all the things, all those difficult things that happen in life. I don't have an answer for those things. And truthfully, we may not have an answer. But, but let me tell you this. I do have an answer to this. I do know that I was once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Let me tell you about that. Let me tell you about what that means to me. Let me tell you how important it is to know that Jesus is with me, even in these difficult moments. So being a good witness, it means having good hands, good actions. It means having good words, being able to speak our faith when asked upon. Point number three is this, it means good eyes. Being a good witness means good eyes. And what do I mean by good eyes? Here's what I mean. We've got to be able to see when the time is right. We've got to be looking for it. You probably remember this story of Jesus telling Peter and Andrew that were fishermen that they were going to fish for men. Right? You remember that story. We talked about that a little while back. And, and what Jesus is meaning about that is that he's going to teach them how to go after people for God, right? And bring them into the kingdom. How to be in the witness business, right? Now, when it comes to fishing, I know I'm probably, this is not going to be a shocker to a lot of y'all, but I don't know anything about fishing, okay? I don't know the first thing about being in there. But I do know what I used to see on the news. I don't even know if they do this anymore, but I remember when I was little on the news, they used to have best times for fishing at the end of the news cycle. And you'd see that little wave of the time frame of when you're... I do know that there are certain times where timing is important. If you want to be a good fisherman, you got to develop and learn that timing. You see, I think the same can be said, being able to see when the time is right. The problem is we're not always looking. I think God places good opportunities around us. We're not always paying attention. I thought about this a little while back when I was flying. Um, went on a trip a while back and on the flight over. Um, I'm one of those annoying people that talks to strangers. Do you have those people in your life that just talk to strangers? You know, you're always kind of embarrassed. Like, Dad, come on, what are you doing? So when we sit on the plane, you know, sometimes I will talk to the person next to me and learn a little bit more and, you know, um, started to have this conversation on the plane, but then quickly realized that this conversation wasn't going to go anywhere because they had their headphones on, right? Which is what normal people do, not me, right? So on the way back, though, this person was talking to me, another person was talking to me, talking to Shannon, and then she just started to cry. Because she had just left, she was, she was leaving out of Atlanta, she was flying back to L.A. to go home, and she was just dropping her daughter off at college. And so Shannon and I knew what that was like, having two daughters, dropping them off at college, not living across the nation when we did it, so I can't imagine how difficult that was, but she was just going through all those emotions, and we could see this was a good time. So we started sharing and talking about our faith. And we started talking about all the great churches in Atlanta. Started giving her some great ideas of where to go and what to see and what to encourage her daughter to be a part of. You see, it, being a good witness just has good eyes to be able to notice those times when they're right. 
And if we live under God's direction, I think that we'll see more of those times where it's just good to go, right? Where he's going to push us to have more conversations with people. But when we have conversations with people, the last point I want to bring up, and this is so important, is that we have to have good ears. Number four is good ears. And what I mean by that is an important part of being a good witness is being able to listen. Being able to listen to people. There's a story in Acts of a guy named Philip. Philip was running. He was told by the Spirit. He was listening to God's presence. He was listening to the Spirit. And the Spirit told him to go near this chariot. And so he's walking. He's running alongside this chariot. And he's listening to this Ethiopian eunuch that's in the chariot reading the Bible. And so he asks, figuring this is God's will, he asks, do you know what you're reading? Like, do you understand that? Because that was a, it was a tough verse that he was reading from Isaiah. And he wasn't sure. And so, you know, do you understand this? And then, and then Philip did something that I'm sure gained respect, right? That led him into having a deeper conversation with this guy. And he listened. In fact, he listened so well that the Ethiopian, he, he invited him into the chariot. It was like, come and sit with me. And, and Philip listened and listened and talked. You know, Jesus did this all the time. He, he would ask people questions all the time. Very, very, sometimes they were very profound questions. Sometimes they were very simple questions. But here's what he always He always paid attention. And he always listened to them. You see, when somebody asks you a question, you're saying... What you're saying to them is that you value their opinion. You value them. I'm going to pay attention to you. Y'all, think about how much we don't pay attention today. All these things, this could go with our eyes and our ears, that just, just distract us. And it distracts us from listening like we should. You know how this is in your household when the TV's going on, when you're on your phones. And you know how this is in, in just passing people. We're not paying attention like we're not listening like we should. Part of being a good witness is being able to listen to the presence of the Holy Spirit move you and then being able to listen to others because when you do, what happens is that you build a relationship. So when you're walking past that person at work and you're asking them a question about who they are or what they did this weekend or what do they think about this or ask about their kids, you know, pictures that are on their desk, you're not doing so to be nosy, but you're doing so just to be friendly. And then you listen. And when we listen, we're building that relationship. And maybe we're not able to talk about God right then, but maybe, maybe that's setting us up like Philip. Maybe that's setting us up for a longer conversation to happen. In fact, I'm going to share with you my secret when it comes to sharing faith with other people. I've got a phrase, the, the best opening line to use when, when talking about Jesus. And here it is. You ready? How are you doing? How are you doing? Just don't say it like Joey on Friends. How you doing? Not like that. Not like that. How are you doing? How are you? Because here's what's important and here's what's lost a lot in today because we're all stuck on our phones. Is listen and care. Really care about what they're saying and what they're feeling. And show that you care for them. I once heard someone say the best evangelistic tool that we have are stuck on the sides of our head your ears. So, all of these things are so important to being a good witness. Let me close this up. 
Um, I like the way that Rick Warren explains why we're here. You know, uh, when you think about it, why, why doesn't God just take us up to heaven after we're baptized? Could you imagine, like, being baptized in the face? Um, and then as soon as that happens, you're lifted up into heaven and you're just floating away. I'd be like, see you later, suckers, right? Like, what would that be like? That'd be awesome, right? But that doesn't happen. Why doesn't that happen? I think one of the main reasons it doesn't happen is because there's a, there's a lot of reasons of growth that's happened and all these other things. I think one of the main reasons it doesn't happen is because you're too important. You're so important. You need to be here in order to tell other people about Jesus. We got to be good at this witness business. We got to have good hands making sure that our actions are leading other people towards God. You may be the only Bible some people read. You've heard that, right? Our actions are leading in that direction. And then, and then we got to have good words so that when people ask us why our hope is different, why we act differently, we're able to tell them. Maybe go home today and say, you know, what if, what if someone were to ask me, like, what would I say? What would my words be? And then we got to have good eyes to see when the, the opportunity is in front of us. We're so distracted that we don't always look at what is like right in front of us. And then we got to have good ears to listen to the Spirit's prompting, to listen to what other people are saying so that we can build those relationships. You see, we think this value is pretty important here at the Ridge. So as we get ready to move into this new worship facility, maybe, maybe think about like who, who can you help find, right? After all, why wouldn't we share about what Jesus is doing? Because when we get down to it, Found people, find people. Like, it's just that simple. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for this church and for everyone here. Yeah, maybe there's somebody here this morning that was brought to church, or maybe they're online and they don't have a personal relationship with you. God, I just pray that you would touch their hearts and let them know how much you care. And if that's you this morning and you'd want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I don't understand everything, but I do know that I want to be saved. Please forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. And as much as I know how, I'm going to live for you. God, help us fulfill the mission of bringing people to know more about your saving grace. And God, may we be reminded that this isn't something that only the preacher does. This isn't something that only my grandma does. But it's for all of us, God. We're all part of the family of God. And because of that, we're all called to carry out that mission to find people. To be fishers of men and women. So God, give us good hands. God, may our, may our lives just exemplify the work that you're doing inside of us. God, give us good words so that we're ready to tell people more about you. God, give us good eyes to see when that needs to happen and good ears to listen. To listen to your, to your spirit inside of us and to listen to others so that we're building relationships. Relationships with you and then relationship with others. God, just be with us as we live into the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ. God, we pray for all the needs in everybody's hearts this morning. We pray for all of those that aren't with us today. And God, we pray for everything happening overseas. God, would you just be with them? And God, be with all the conflict that is happening, God. We love you. We give you everything that we have. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.